Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. My dad died many years ago, but my sister and I were talking about my dad, and he was a, a good dad in many ways, kind of a workaholic, really provided well for us, and never abused us. But my sister said to me, I didn't know dad, and I didn't either, because he'd come home tired late, late at night from work and hide behind the newspaper. I remember having one real talk with my dad in my life. And I wonder if I didn't subconsciously assume God the Father is like my dad. God's good, he provides for us, etc. But God doesn't really want to talk to us. Well, what I'm going to say in this half hour, that's a lie from hell. God is a loving Heavenly Father. He talks to us every day. The problem is not God talking, the problem is our hearing. I, uh, years ago, went to the doctor, and I never had this happen before. He looks in my ears, and he takes this knife and gouges both of my ears, and it really hurt. But then I went back to the office, and I leaned back in my chair, squeak! And all of a sudden, it was like the volume had been increased fivefold, and I could hear all these things I couldn't hear before. Again, the problem is not God talking. He talks to us every day. The problem is my hearing. I mean, for instance, when I go jogging, I put on my Sony headphones and I crank up the music and you could be screaming at me and I couldn't hear you. And, and the problem is not you're talking, the problem is I'm so into the world. And, and, and my, my point here is this, God talks to us every day, but if we're so into television and all the worldly stuff, it'll drown out the voice of God. So our topic for this half hour is this, how can I hear from God? How does God talk to people? This, we're going to do it this week and watch next, Sunday, next week too because it's a two-parter. Let's pray first. <clears throat> Father, if there's anyone who has the misconception that you don't want to talk to them, we would pray that you would open our hearts to believe you're a loving Father. You want to spend time with us. The problem is not you talking, it's our hearing. So God, open our ears and speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How can I hear the voice of God? Let me share some observations. Number one, on our own, we will not hear God. Here's what Paul writes in Romans 3. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have gone wrong. No one does good, not even one. In other words, if you want to understand God all by yourself, on your own, it's not going to happen. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about philosophy from 1 Corinthians 1. Since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through the wisdom of philosophers, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach, the gospel, to save those who believe. So if you want to find God, don't go to a philosophy class. I was a philosophy major in college. <clears throat> 
and the professor took us through uh, Plato, Aristotle, Descartes, Hume, uh, Fichte, um, all these great philosophers. And by the time at the end of that semester, I was pulling my hair out. I had hair back then, and it was like, here's all these brilliant philosophers. They all come up with different conclusions as to what truth is. And I was sharing that with my religion professor, and he explained to me what's called revelation. Follow this. He said, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, their mind fell with them. And now sinful, finite man cannot understand the infinite, holy God. Because our noodle's been messed up by sin. So if you try to find God with your brain, you won't find him. Because our brain is sinful and finite. He's infinite and holy. The only way we'll find out anything about God is not through my mind or philosophy. It's called revelation. God steps down from heaven and reveals himself to us. He did that in the Old Testament. He did it supremely through Christ. And that is when I switched majors from philosophy to Bible. <laughs> Let's talk about the era of mysticism. You can sit cross-legged on the floor and chant a mantra and try to find God. But again, you're not going to find God unless he steps down and reveals himself through scripture, through Jesus. Which leads to the next observation. Spiritual truths can be revealed only by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, Christians, have received the Spirit which is from God that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The unspiritual man, the unbeliever, does not receive the gifts of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But we, the Christians, have the mind of Christ. In other words, if you want to understand spiritual truth from God, only God can reveal that to you. I mean, let, let, let me give you an example. Let's say you want to know where your dad was baptized. Well, you could cross your legs, sit on the floor, and try to dream up, where was my dad baptized? Ain't going to happen. You can go to the library and read Aristotle and Plato. Where was my dad baptized? You aren't going to find the answer. Or you can go to your dad and say, Dad, where were you baptized? <laughs> and, and here's the, my, my point. People are going to philosophy and to yoga and meditation trying to find God. But they won't go to God. <laughs> they won't go to Scripture. You know, or maybe your dad's dead, and you can't go to him and say, Dad, where were you baptized? But then you remember, oh, yeah, there's a family album. Maybe it's in there, and you open up your family album, and there's his baptismal certificate. This happened to me. Let me show you this. This is my baby book. Mom started compiling this when I was a baby, and... <clears throat> There's a page in here that has a little envelope with my baptismal certificate in it. And one year, I looked at it. That's my, not my, I wasn't baptized in 1939 in Columbus, Nebraska. This is my dad's baptismal. I don't know how it got in here. I always thought it was mine. It's my dad's. But my point is this. If your father is dead and you can't ask him, where were you baptized? Remember, there's a family album. It's called the Bible. God in heaven is our father, but sometimes he's quiet, but he's revealed to us through the Bible everything you need to know. So let's summarize this. If you want to speak, if you want to hear God's voice, don't sit on the floor and do mantras. Don't necessarily read a philosophy book. You go to God himself and you go to his family album, and this is how we hear from God, which leads to the main point of today's sermon. Here we go. God mainly speaks through this book. 
98% of what you need to know, he's already told you in this book. Do you read it? Do you read it regularly? I read my Bible every day. There was a man who was blind, and he read the Bible with his fingers, Braille. And then there was an explosion, and he lost the use of his fingers. The, uh, his fingers were damaged, and he couldn't read anymore. But he discovered he could read the Bible with his lips. And for years, he read the Bible with his lips, and then the nerve endings of his lips went dull, and it grieved him. He bends down to kiss the Bible goodbye, and his tongue touched the page. And he discovered, and he did it for the rest of his life, he read the Bible with his tongue. <laughs> Listen, how hungry are you to hear from God? You're not going to get it through yoga, or seances, uh, transcendental meditation, or um, Nietzsche. You're going to get it through the Word of God. Next observation about hearing from God. God speaks in various ways. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says, In many and various ways God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. So God speaks in all kinds of different ways. Only one man heard God from a burning bush. That was Moses. Only one man heard build an ark. That was Noah. Only one man had a vision on the road to Damascus. That's the Apostle Paul. Only one man uh, had uh, God speak to him through that still small voice. That was Elijah. So, um, Christian, give room for God to communicate with you in a different way than he communicated with your grandmother. And allow room that some people God communicates with a lot, because he has to, and some people he doesn't communicate with in an, in an extraordinary way. I mean, I was talking to someone once. I've kind of had a number of words from the Lord and dreams in my life that I thought were from God. And this person kind of responded, oh, you must have so much faith. My response was, it's the opposite, I'm afraid. I have so much doubt God has to do this supernatural stuff to keep me going. So, you know, just my point is, Allow God to deal with you and communicate with you in whatever way he chooses. It's different for everybody. But what is not different for everybody is 98% of what God says to you is through the book. Next lesson. If you don't have a clear instruction from God in a manner, in a matter, pray and wait. If you're not clear what you're supposed to do, just pray and wait. I'll tell you who I thought of. I went to a Christian college the Old no, not the Old Testament, the church history professor. I took a church history class. Older guy, nice guy, Christian guy, probably the most boring speaker I've ever heard in my life. And we'd go to class Monday through Friday, and it was so bad. And I remember, I mean, it was just dry lectures. And I, I, I thought, did he miss God's calling on his life? Is this what God is calling him to do? And you know what I tell, my, what I tell uh, young people? Even now start praying, God, what do you want me to do in life? Don't get married. Don't take a job. Don't go into a profession without spending good time saying, God, what is it you want me to do with my life? And I'll say that to you. Maybe you're busy living your life right now, and it's been a long time, or maybe you've never said, God, what is it you want me to do with my life? Start praying that regularly. Next observation about hearing from God. When you pray, immediately begin to watch for what happens next.
This is from Ephesians chapter 6. Paul writes, pray at all times in the spirit, being alert with all perseverance. Our problem is we'll say a prayer and then we'll forget about it. No, say a prayer and then be alert in faith. I trust somehow, some way, God's going to answer this in, in some way. You know, I, sometimes I think to myself, yeah, we're supposed to pray and I do it, but it doesn't do all that much. That's a lie. And I've got a plaque on my wall from Alfred Lord Tennyson, famous quote, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Do you know that your prayers do more than you think, not less than you think? So when you pray, then be alert. What is God going to do next? Somehow he's going to respond to my prayer. That's called faith. Next observation about hearing from God. Often God is silent. God will not let you know what he is doing, and God will let you know what he is doing in your life when and if you need to know. <clears throat> you know, most of the time, you don't need to know what God is doing in your life. Faith is trusting God's active in your life even when you don't see it. So I believe God gives people words from the Lord, but don't, don't be too big into that. <clears throat> um, better just to trust he's, he's involved in your life whether you hear from him or not. I mean, here's a, a woman I knew. She came up after church one day. Pat, Lorraine was dying of cancer. Pastor Brock, I got a word from the Lord. Lorraine is not going to die. And a few days later, Lorraine was dead. And she comes back out of the, oh, Pastor Brock, the Lord told me Lorraine's alive in heaven. Well, yeah, but that's not what you said. And she was a, a Christian woman, don't doubt her sincerity, but I think she often confused her feelings with the word of the Lord. Beware of putting your words into God's mouth. Be very careful with that. Much better just to trust that he's in, involved in your life and move on. Last point for today. <clears throat> I cannot know the truth of any circumstance until I have heard from God. In other words, never determine the truth of your outward circumstances until you've heard from God in prayer. Uh, for instance, in Luke chapter 7, the widow of Nain is having the funeral for her only son. All the circumstances says, he's dead, I'm in trouble because I'm a widow now, I have no money coming in. And boom, Jesus shows up and raises the young man from the dead. And all the circumstances says, this is over, and God showed up. No, it's not. Think of the, uh, in John chapter 6, the feeding of the 5,000. Well, uh, disciples say, well, all the outward circumstances says we better send them home or they're going to starve out here. Jesus shows up, feeds them all. So, you know, I had this problem. I, I, I was worried about something, trying to fix a problem. And all of a sudden, I didn't have to fix it. God stepped in and did something that I came out of nowhere. But, but my point is, never forget there's a God in heaven who can step into your circumstances and, hallelujah, turn them upside down. <laughs> I want to close with this. I, my guess is you want to hear from God or you wouldn't be watching this show. How do I hear from God? Well, here's what I want to leave you with. If you're busy listening to the world, TV, radio, magazines, it just well, you're not going to hear from God. Make sure you take the world and turn it off and daily pray, daily read your Bible, weekly get into a good church, join a good Bible study, and that's the way you're going to hear God in your life. Amen. 
Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Some of the questions that we use on this show actually come from you, our listeners. So if there's something that's troubling you or you'd like an answer, we invite you to send that question to us and we'll answer it. Pastor Brock will answer it on another show. Pastor Brock, do you think that God ever speaks to someone in an audible voice? I can't say no, because in the New Testament and the Old Testament, sometimes, I don't think it was real frequent, but sometimes he spoke in an audible voice. So I, I, I had somebody tell me, and this person is a solid Christian, that once God spoke to him in an audible voice. So I think it's possible. Um, I think you've got to be careful because the devil can do miracles too. He has supernatural power as well. But I, I, you can't rule it out. Yeah. Okay, but the voice of God can speak in a lot of different ways. Yes. Though, and you've said this yes. through your sermons so yeah. far this morning. But again, the main way is here. Okay, yeah. through the Bible. What do you think of people who claim they've died and got to see heaven and then come back? Is that real? You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, is it? Paul went to heaven and, and saw things that he said, a man is not able to utter. And God let Paul see heaven, and then he had to come back. And so I think it's possible, but Betty Eady wrote a book called Embraced by the Light, and she said God took her and showed her all around heaven. And then Jesus said, you know, people on earth have a mistaken uh, belief. I'm not God. And she comes out with this kind of Jehovah's Witness version of God. And, and Paul says in Galatians, uh, if an angel from heaven should give to you a word from the Lord that contradicts uh, what I have preached to you, let that angel be accursed. So Jackie, it's not impossible that you have an angel float into your bedroom and tell you something, but if it contradicts the written word of God, that ain't an angel. Because Corinthians says Satan can appear as an angel of light. Well, right now there's a very popular movie yeah. out that was once a book yeah. about a four-year-old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about it sometimes with people, friends, and at mm -hmm. work and that, that is it possible for a four-year-old to really have the concept of heaven and come back and be able to share that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is maybe that was 100% legitimate. Maybe not. Only the Lord knows. That's why you got to test everything against the written word of God. Okay. If I have a strong feeling about something, can that be God speaking to me? Or is I, I think sometimes God speaks to us through our feelings. But like I just shared with the woman that I, I can think of, her feelings were the voice of God. And if she felt something really strong, well, that's God's, that's God's voice. She did not have a good track record. You know? mm -hmm. So I think we need to be careful. Sometimes, too, I think I find myself thinking I want something so badly that it's God telling me it's going to happen, yeah. and I have to back off and yeah. think about it a little I've bit more. I've been by that. So does God still give dreams to people today? Mm -hmm. He did in the Old Testament. He did in the New Testament. And again, some Christians would say, no, no, all that stuff stopped when the New Testament was completed. The Bible never says that. So I think we've got to leave. God has given me some dreams, and... I've had some dreams that I thought were from God and were not. So we just need to hold that stuff with a huge grain of salt. But I want to say God can still do that. Okay. I guess we've asked this question before, but it kind of leads into it. So, you know, you say, too, that when we read our Bible, sometimes there's a word from God. Mm -hmm. So I guess 
what Bible version should we be recommending mm -hmm. to people to mm -hmm. read? My two favorite are the ones that are very literal in the sense that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. It really literally translates it. New Testament was in, written in Greek. It really literally translates it into English. So my favorite versions are the English Standard Version and the New American Standard Bible. There are lots of good other versions too, but if you really want exactness, the New American Standard Ver Bible and the English Standard Version, which has a great out now called the ESV Study Bible, which is great. Okay. So what version should people maybe not be looking at? Because I just was in a bookstore and was amazed by how many different versions yeah. of the Bible yeah. there are now. I mean, most are fine, but I would stay away from the Living Bible. Oh boy, do they take liberties. And I, would, I don't like the NIV all that much. It, it's, it's an okay version, but there's a brand new updated version of the NIV where brothers and sisters pray for us. Well, that's not what it says. It says brothers pray for us. And they've changed it to make it Gender inclusive. Well, of course, brothers includes the brethren, including the female and males at Corinth or wherever. But you don't change the Bible to make God politically correct. <laughs> well, there's people that try. Well, there sure are. <laughs> so, Pastor Brock, is it wrong for a Christian to study philosophy? No. I remember I had to take a college philosophy no. I'm, course. I, I, that course in philosophy that drove me crazy, I'm glad I took it. It taught me that philosophy is kind of a dead end. But... There's Christian philosophy, where you hold the scriptures and philosophy together, and that's very helpful. Okay. Yeah. So can you explain what exactly is mysticism? You talked about yeah. it, and is there such a thing as Christian mysticism? Yeah. You know, when I drive by churches and I see yoga classes tonight, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Yoga is from Hinduism. Uh, and hi uh, mysticism is kind of, is where you try there is christian mysticism where people who are biblically grounded uh have experiences with the lord but they know to test things against scripture but but when we hear of mysticism it's normally people trying to get directly in contact to god through yoga breathing through posture some people go to seances and, and those kind of thing uh, and and that we don't get to God on our own. We need his help, and the way he's revealed the help is through scriptures, the church, etc. You say about testing the scriptures for whether it's real or yeah. not. How does one start to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, Jackie, I've read my Bible daily for many years, and I, I, you've heard this illustration, probably you have too, but I used to count money at the racetrack when I was in college, and you'd count money all day long. And then now and then something felt a little filmy, and you looked at it, it was, a, it was a counterfeit bill. But I knew the real feel so well that I could spot the counterfeit like this. I read my Bible every day. When I can't sleep at night, I've got, you go to Bible.is, you get a free app, Bible.is, you put it on your phone, and when you can't sleep, you push the button, they read the Gospel of Luke or Exodus to you. And I like to flood myself with Scripture. The more I know the real thing, the more I'm going to be able to spot Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian science, all the cults. You'll be able to spot it. Okay. The Bible doesn't tell us, say, which person to marry or what job to choose. So how does one go about asking God's guidance mm -hmm. or yeah. to show you the right way right. there? I would say this. Uh, the God, in, to a degree, God does tell me what my job should be. I'm not going to find in the Bible justification to become a playboy photographer. <laughs> That's the job God doesn't want me to take. He's not going to tell. He, God does not want me to be a, a swindler, or or to, to you know. Uh, so 
to a degree, God does tell us what our job should be. But your point is, am I supposed to be a plumber for the Lord, or am I supposed to be a school teacher for the Lord? And that kind of thing, um, I talked about the very boring church history professor I had. I wonder, did he ever pull people and say, how do you think I'm doing? Give me an honest opinion. Do you think I'm a good teacher? And, and, and the Bible says, in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So, Jackie, you do what you do, and then you ask people, you know, do you think this is my niche? Am I good at this, et cetera? And you get good counsel, and then you decide what you should do for your life work. Well, I know of one person who really prayed about who she was going to marry, and she, it didn't work. And she says, I was sure God told me I was supposed to marry that person. Yeah, yeah. And, I and, mean, uh, is me it wrong you. to ask God to guide you to find your... Well, you have to do that. Can I ask you, did this woman marry a Christian? And was she a Christian when she married him? Do you know? Um, I guess I think she was raised Christian and probably, and she did believe in Christianity. She kind of took it falling away, I think, okay. afterwards. She okay. is remarried now uh -huh. to a very devout Christian man, mm -hmm. and she kind of kiddingly always says, I just didn't listen long enough. Well, and, and here's what I would say. <clears throat> the Bible is clear. There's a couple of Bible verses that say, if you're a Christian, you marry a Christian. And you've probably met people I have. Well, I prayed about it, and it seemed right, so I did it. Well, you don't live by your feelings. You live by the written word of God. And God's word says you don't marry a non-Christian. So, Pastor Brock, if someone says they have a word from the Lord for you, and I'm sure you've heard that many mm -hmm, times mm -hmm. as a minister because people pray and think that mm -hmm. they should tell you something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you test that? You know, uh, actually, the Old Testament test was if what they said comes true, that's the evidence that that was a word from the Lord. <laughs> and you know, I've had words from the Lord. I, I, I'm going to, I had a lady on the day that I was ordained, when I was back in 1979, when I became a pastor, they had this worship service and I was ordained. Some lady, Jackie, I've never met, comes up and hands me an envelope. And I read it after the service. It was a prophecy for me. You will go through the fire, but you will not be burned. And boy, did that one come true. You know, so I, it, I do think God sometimes gives us words from the Lord. But there are other people, like we said, who are always having words from the Lord, and most of them are their emotions and don't come true. <laughs> well, we don't have time for you to tell how that prophecy came true on this show, <laughs> Pastor Brock. But I think it might be interesting for people to know how long it took for that prophecy to be come fulfilled. True. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's only 30 seconds. Okay. Quick update for our Sure. Viewers. Everybody, we thank you so much. So many of you pray for us. Some of you uh, financially support us. And just if you would, go to pastorstudy.org. You can watch all of our TV shows for free. Recommend us to someone. Pray for us. If the Lord nudges you to give, you can do that either by looking at the address at the end or by looking at our website, pastorstudy.org. You can do it there too. But God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.